Welcome to Podcast Pastor. My name is Hayden Pyle, and my goal is to challenge every listener to reconsider the essence of Christianity. Be prepared to walk away with more questions than answers, and let us begin this episode's discussion. It has been several weeks since the last episode, and the only reason for that is just because life got crazy for a couple of weeks. As a student in college, I had finals week recently, and I also took an extended trip with a local choir as their accompanist. Fortunately, there wasn't much stress over finals or that accompanying job for myself, but I'm thankful for the end of an unusual semester for me. From extended illness to what felt like a snow month instead of a couple of snow days, this past semester was in every sense of the word, a struggle. However, Spring break was perhaps one of the highlights of the whole semester. I went to Memphis for a week to record some songs with a rising Christian musician named Milana Hayline. Shout out to her. You can find her soon on Spotify with two new songs that we recorded. There were some amazing moments of worship, creativity, good-natured fun on that trip. I don't know how many times I heard the phrase, rev up those fryers because I am sure hungry for a Krabby Patty. (laughs) It was just a great trip. Good-natured fun with fellow peers who were Christians. It was great. But there were also some thought-provoking moments, especially when I was driving myself to Memphis. I may be slightly crazy, but I had a conversation with myself about what I was seeing around me while driving through the hills of Arkansas on Sunday afternoon. I drove by a small country church and read its marquee, which said, Do you know Jesus? If not, come on in. The sign wasn't what caught my attention, though. It was the empty gravel parking lot. Of course, this was probably three or four in the afternoon, so I would expect most church parking lots to be empty at about that time. But I couldn't help but think, what if I wanted or needed to know Jesus right now? And then I accepted that invitation on the sign, only to find myself in an empty parking lot and in front of a locked door. This really disturbed me, quite frankly, more than I expected it to, and I decided to make this a point of discussion for myself. I asked the question, why do we lock churches? There may be items of material value in them for sure, whether it be deposit boxes, instruments, technology. These are all items that burglars would readily desire to get their hands on. Imagine with me, though, if the only items in a church were Bibles. Think about the implications of burglars entering a church only to find Bibles that could be stolen. This is a great act of service by the church to a broken world. Only having items that have eternal value within its walls at any given point in time with those items being people and the word of God itself. Having items of temporal value within the walls of a church are not inherently bad. Please don't walk away thinking I have just condemned churches that have material items other than Bibles in them. 
I mean, I have to have material items to produce this podcast, so I'm not trying to be hypocritical with what I'm suggesting. I just wonder what the condition of the American and global church would be like if the presence of material items within the church were diminished. However, what really provoked my thinking was this question. Do we value what is inside of the church building more than what has left the building after we lock its doors? I think this is the crux of the matter. As I was driving past the marquee, I was flooded with images from my childhood of getting into our car after church and me being the young, naive, and even aggressive child that I was, picking a fight with my younger siblings, or even hearing my parents have an argument about what the plan was for lunch that day. This is not an uncommon phenomenon for churchgoers, so for someone to lock the church building and experience something similar is very likely. It seems that American Christians in particular are thorough in protecting the material and quick in dismissing the eternal. I'll say that again. American Christians are thorough in protecting the material things that have no consequence for eternity and quick in dismissing the eternal things that can change someone's life while on earth and for all time. I am reminded of Psalm 127.1, which points out, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is useless. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. The same applies to churches. The Lord is the catalyst for building and the growth of a church body. No amount of work by the preaching staff, nor the quality of your technology, your equipment, your curriculum nor the frequency of events and the communication of said events, none of these things can make a church family survive and thrive. Likewise, no amount of protection, whether it be alarm systems, locked doors, insurance, or even security personnel, can defend a church building from every threat. It puts our faith in Christ in question when we strive to protect the material items in the church without any thought to the spiritual state of the congregants. I want to examine two parts of Revelation 21:25. This verse states that the new heaven's gates never close at the end of day because there is no night. I wonder if it is the Christian's prerogative to attempt to bring that vision and example of heaven to earth especially within our practice of church. There is no fear of the dark that is to come, because there is no dark to come with the new heaven. What if our churches were such an illuminating force that we would not fear the dark world around us? I think of John 1.5. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When Christians lock the doors of our churches, are we unintentionally locking the light of Christ inside the building? Or worse, are we also locking the doors of our hearts when we lock the church building up? Are we leaving the spiritual freedom found in Christ in the pews, safely protected by alarms and deadbolts? 
rather than letting that freedom flow from our hearts to the dilapidated neighborhoods surrounding the church, the secular university down the street, the rarely visited nursing home, the corrupt and vulgar office, the neglected single mother? The second part of Revelation 21-25 is that there is no fear of what may enter the heavenly gates. On this side of heaven, there is plenty to fear if we let it consume us. But let me suggest this. If God is on the throne in heaven, shouldn't he also be behind the pulpit in a church? In other words, why does there need to be a fear of what may enter a church building if God is behind the pulpit in everything that church body does? I am challenging the comfort of those listening right now. And as I say this, I am challenging myself too. But I think that the American Christian is pretty protective of their own spiritual journey. They are fearful to let other people be involved in their spiritual walk for one reason or another, and it infects the church as a corporate disease. A room full of people who choose not to be open with their struggles feels like a museum of saints rather than a hospital of sinners, to paraphrase a song. I honestly believe it takes more work to unlock something once it has been locked than it does to just leave it open. We lock away parts of our lives only for them to be unlocked later, usually against our will. The fundamental issue here is that when we Christians have little for others to take from us in terms of material things, we actually have much to give in terms of eternal things. When we don't have anything to hide, to protect secretly, to put under lock and key, then other people can see us fully, in no uncertain terms, with no surprises. And I think this hints at the first episode of Podcast Pastor, about becoming more clear and transparent with people. The less there is of us as human beings that people see, the more that Christ can actually shine through the more light that can actually pass through us, the more clear we become. In a very practical sense, I can understand the human desire to secure and to protect what we find to be valuable. I'm not denying this instinctual desire, but I am challenging Christians, including myself, to examine what we have been protecting. What have we been locking away at the expense of those who have yet to know Christ Jesus. Peter's line in Acts 3 is perhaps the most illustrative of what I am trying to get across. As the apostles Peter and John are walking along the road to the temple, they run into a man who had been lame since birth. He was brought before the temple every day, and he begged for money to meet his needs. Peter says in Acts 3, 6, I don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Notice how Peter legitimately had no money for the man. Sometimes we need to find ourselves empty of material things in order to give something that really matters. And I'm going to close this shorter episode with this. Perhaps the act of locking a door is revealing that we care more about what we are locking away than what we are locking out.
This episode was produced by your host, Hayden Pyle, and you can find more episodes on major podcast streaming services. Thanks for supporting this endeavor by faithfully listening and encouraging others to listen as well. As we end today's episode, ponder these thoughts and seek to apply them, because as we walk with Christ, one foot forward is progress. Until next time, I'm Hayden Pyle, and thanks for joining me in this reconsideration of Christianity. Christianity.